Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. I am your co-host, John Phillips. And I'm your other host, Trevor That's TJ. Yes. And I'm your special guest, Johnny Boy. What the hell? Um, John... Uh, do you... Johnny, John... What, I'm John. So, you can't be John. The battle of but, the Johns has begun. Well, listen, one's John and one's Johnny. I, I refer to you as Johnny, but I, I don't know who's John, who's Johnny. TJ gets to decide who's John and who's Johnny. <laughs> Ah, yes. <laughs> Giving TJ all the power. third party. Well, because Johnny or John and I have bias in our own direction, so... That is TJ. true. I've always seen John, or uh, Big John as John, and you as Johnny. Perfect. Okay. That's okay. how I've always seen okay. it, but... There's, this podcast isn't big enough for two Johns, so I guess that will suffice for now. Three, two, one, draw. It's been a pleasure having me. <laughs> I only remembered just now, as soon as we started the podcast, that your name's John. Just now, I remembered that. Oh. That's that's why I... I if I, I knew your name Johnny. was actually John, I wouldn't have invited you on this podcast episode. Okay. So... I need to feel special, John. Can I be an... Can I be, um... What's an alias? I'll just Jeremiah. be Miles. You mean Miles? Yeah, yeah, just... Yeah? At the top of my head. Okay. First name that came up. Okay. Well, speaking of Miles, Miles Morales, <laughs> today we're talking about the new Spider-Verse movie, Across the Spider-Verse. Brilliant. Yes. With, of course, Miles Morales, who is the main Spider-Man. Well, in the universe, there's multiple universes, but, the you know, <laughs> the main character of this movie. And... So I want to open it up to everyone. Give us, as we do, as we always do, talk about overall thoughts. Something in particular that stood out to you. Maybe it differed from, and and I should say, try and keep this spoiler free for the first ten or so minutes. And then we can go wherever we want. But you can talk about, you know, comparing the. We'll, we'll save it maybe for later. But if you really want to get to this, the comparing, you know, things that you liked more with the second one than the first one. Like for example, one thing that stood out to me was. And what I think made this one an even better movie, which was already really hard to do, was the depth and the maturity that the plot itself had and the um, and the arc of, of Miles as well. Because, now, don't get me wrong, I loved, 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 loved the first one, but, and maybe this is just the fact that I've gotten older, don't get me wrong, I, I should say I still love Simple Plots, Fantastic Mr. Fox, one of my favorite movies. But I felt like I was missing some depth with that first movie because a lot of it was very simple and sort of like, hey, we're all getting together with, you know, all the different Spider-Men in that one. And there wasn't a huge amount of time, I should say, to explore Miles and Gwen and other people, in my opinion. Now, this one is fixes that right it has it's almost is it almost an hour longer than the first one um do you know off the top of your head i think the first one's like an hour 40 the second one's like two and a half yeah so close close to almost an hour longer and that's what i love so much about this one is we got a better idea we got a better depth with with miles and gwen and their relationship really really great great scene their first one together they have all great scenes but especially that first one 
and we have that very classic what's morally right, what's right, what's wrong plot that we get in a lot of really great classic movies that the Oscars really like, among other things. And so I think that that's kind of sort of all over the place. But that's what I – one of the things that really stood out to me with this plot and – or with this movie overall and that I liked so much and the fact that they gave it time to explore the depths of, again, the plot, Miles, Gwen, and all that stuff. So, yeah, what did you guys think about what I said? If you want to respond to what I said, say, John, you're totally wrong. You're an idiot. Or if there's something else that stuck out to you guys with Across the Spider-Verse. Just going off what you said, yes. Um, I thought, <clears throat> I mean, yes, the first one, I think, lacked some of those in-depth um, elements, but I kind of think of the trilogy thus far as uh, almost like you know a friendship with a trilogy. So you know, you you got you're kind of getting to know someone, and you're having you know a lot of fun, but you don't really. I feel like getting into depth on the first one kind of jumps the gun. Okay. I feel like they saved a lot of those really deep elements for the second. Um, and I, I thought it was it was timed well because the first, I mean, granted, yes, they could have had some some more depth later on in the movie, but it, it, it almost seemed like it would be too rash just to, um, I don't know, kind of cut corners in the plot. Because I feel like if you, you know, you have to sacrifice plot for the, um, you know, character development or vice versa. But, you know, in the case of, um, in the case of the second one, they already had that base, you know, and so they could really focus solely on that. I, I, I personally felt like it was very, um, character driven, like you were saying, like Miles' character arc. Um, but no, I, I, I agree. I think the, the first was definitely less in depth, but I think it was for good reason. Yeah, no, I mean, and again, I should clarify. I, I didn't necessarily think that made it worse that that plot was simple. I think I, I should say that I should say that I think both of them are basically they are perfect movies, but I think the the depth made it perfect movie even more perfect if that's possible, mm-hmm. and. I should say, a lot of trilogies follow that, right? Like, if you think think about Star Wars, the first original Star Wars trilogy. A New Hope, pretty darn simple. And then you have Empire Strikes Back, which gets into a lot more depth and a lot more into the relationships between Luke and Darth Vader, obviously. And you have the the whole stuff with Yoda and Luke. A lot more sit-down type of scenes and building on the universe and the characters and things like that. So that is a very, 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 very common thing that they do with trilogies. And so I don't knock, I don't necessarily knock it for that. I don't. I should be clear, I don't. Because again, I I love movies like Fantastic Mr. Fox, things like that. But I think I that made me like it more, for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's kind of where I stand on that. But yeah, and keep us wanting more for you know the third. Yes, and so yes. I think it was you know definitely a smart move to keep building on that. But mm-hmm. again, like you said, perfect films. I mean, I mean, it's the, I, I see I see dialogue on the on social media about 
people saying this could potentially be the greatest trilogy of all time. There is that. There literally is that dialogue being created, and honestly, there's not a whole lot of stuff to oppose that opinion with how these first two movies have <laughs> panned out. Good lord, I know it's ridiculous, and yeah, I just the the maturity that this one this one had combined with. And I think this is like the the um, I'm totally just uh, like loss of words here. Um, vocabulary exists, but you know sometimes it just doesn't happen. But the the the, the I don't even know what I'm I don't even know what's going on right now. But I guess, I guess the big thing, one of the other big things, is the animation because. Lordy, we thought the first one was good, was excellent because it is. And then I don't know what happened with the animators. They were disappointed that something happened, or someone created. Maybe it was a Michael Jordan. I took that personally, so I took that personally. Something happened, but they went even harder in this movie with the animation. I mean, absolutely ridiculous what they were doing with the, all the different styles of animation mixing them the way they transitioned between them messing with the frame rates on things in the animation on top of that was just a masterclass it really was and i guess honestly at this point it has been 10 minutes actually so we can just talk about spoilers for those that haven't seen it you're insane first of all but but I, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that Gwen scene. We'll talk about let's talk about that first Gwen scene. I mean, because that I think combines what we've talked about so far, which is that sort of like a deeper sit down with relationships and individual characters. Because we get a full I don't know how long that first scene is with Gwen, but ten fifteen minutes I would say roughly, and and then combined with the really like the soft. Um, kind of colors, painting-esque, you know, um, quality, like design, I guess you'd say. And it fits so well. And it fits so well with her character, with what's going on. And and in that scene as well, you, you see their... Because you, you, you see a... They build upon... Like, in the first movie, you, you had different animation styles not clash with each other but in the same scene for like for example you in in this new one you have the vulture like the old time vulture animation style with the animation style of Gwen's universe and that's just that is just one of those things that they that they built upon from that first one even going more insane and more diverse and more different between the two and it works so well um i just yeah, it's it's right from right from the jump they get you, and yeah, TJ, what did you think of the animation or anything else we've been we've been talking about? Oh yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, I mean shit, like the, this movie, I think from the get go, immediately establishes itself as like just as unique as the first one. Because I mean, the first one, I mean, like we walked in that movie and we're like, this looks this. I mean, this movie looks amazing. It's yeah. When we walked into that original movie, I mean, like, 
we hadn't seen anything like that animation style and it was incredibly unique for the time yeah and then especially the way it clashed with everything else i mean just like between like the the anime style and like the noir style and all that it was really cool uh and i mean like at the time we were like how can this be topped from the get-go this movie proves that they knew what they were doing um because i mean like within within 15 minutes i mean you see was like at least three different styles of animation or something like that like between like like papyrus looking vulture and gwen's whole universe and like i mean like with the whole tie-dye looking thing that looks really cool yeah and uh stuff like that i mean like they they really went ham like immediately from like from the get-go and like established this like standard for the rest of the movie that was really cool mm-hmm. they, they literally because I mean, they did uh we have a, a large human being that has entered the room that we are podcasting in he's kind of scaring me anyway is it what do you, what drink did you get there will gatorade mm-hmm. disgusting Sorry, I don't. I don't like Gatorade that much anymore. Really? I, I think it's all right. I, I'm much. I'm much more of my favorite is the um, body armors. Mm. Mm. It tastes like coconut wa- uh, water to me. The body armors? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you like? Do you like Powerade then, or what? I'm partial to uh, root beer. Okay, that's just delicious. Now, I'm not. I, I started not liking Gatorade that much now. Do you, so, do you like any sports drink? Not really. No. I'd rather just have water. This is a problem. Yeah. Well, um, here's what we'll I do. I think Gatorade can taste salty. It kind of almost has the adverse effects of its advertised hydration. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah. I start drinking it and like three gulps in, and I'm like, "This is gross." Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, I hate myself for drinking it. I just like the color orange. I just feel cool when drinking it. Oh, that's right. You had a Gatorade today, didn't you? I literally, yeah, I'm looking at it right so, now. Okay. I'm looking at it too. Yeah. Tasty. Some nice stevia in there. Did you say stevia or stevia? Neither. I've never said that word in my life. What stevie? Stevia. Stevia. It's like when you go to like a diner or something, and they have it. It's like the sugar alternative in green packet. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Never had it. Okay. And don't say it. So. Okay. Fair enough. Wait, how do you say it, teacher? It's stevia. Stevia. Yeah. I think I think most east Co- east coast people say stevia. Which drives me kind of crazy. Mm. Or maybe that would be with Midwest. Okay. That's besides the point. Okay, what do you call a carbonated drink? I call it soda. Depends. What? Depends. What's what is root what is root what are root what drink do you call root beer, seven mm. up? Well Coke, there's what are those know, drinks called? Soda, but there's also, you know, like sparkling waters and stuff. Okay. So. No that that's what I was asking. I do say pop those sometimes really mm-hmm. sort of pop okay well sort i think pop. it is a midwestern thing so yeah. saying pop i've heard both like uh like when i lived on the west coast like more portland it was always pop mm-hmm. but when i moved to the east coast oh. it was soda interesting okay yeah and then i feel like here it's a mix of both hmm. yeah but you it'd be from the midwesterns call it cola no, I well cola, yeah, that's definitely cola a, is a drink, but it is not all drinks. I know yeah. cola. I, I'm pretty sure is a southern thing. Yeah, Seven Up is not a cola. Yeah, I know people say Coke that. is, but sarsaparilla, this shit is delicious. I drink me a sarsaparilla every day when I wake up. Yeah, 
Okay. Anyway, back to back to back to Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I that's a that's a great. Again, they wanted you to know right from the get go that things were they were just going to a whole new level, and that they weren't messing around, and that the extra years whatever it was that they spent animating was well worth it. And I, I loved the with all the different styles. What was great is there was intention behind it all. Whether it was for tone, for theme, for the characters themselves, whatever, it all it all wasn't just for show. I mean, it was, you know, it was also showy, but it had purpose behind it. And like, 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 I mean, we should say it's hard to come up with negatives for this movie because there really aren't any. No, so basically, yeah. it's just gonna be a whole podcast about talking all all the things we love about it. It's yeah. a flawless. It, it really is, honestly. And yeah, it's just. What, what were some of you guys' favorite scenes in the in this one in this one, across the Spider Verse? Uh, you go ahead, TJ. I just asked the question. I should. Yeah, yeah. I, you go ahead. I think um, probably one of my favorite sections was uh, the whole Spider-Man India section. <laughs> I loved that whole segment. I thought it was so funny. So good. I, I think the yeah the guy who. Um, plays the taxi driver in deadpool uh already like superhero iconic in his own right uh, but i think he was like perfectly cast for this essentially like considering he was already under that marvel umbrella um like and i think he, he's he, just like his his mannerisms and voice is just like so perfect for that spider-man mm-hmm. and then it just like makes that mixed with like the whole visual aspect of everything and all the like action that happens oh it's beautiful I loved it. Yeah, yeah that that was that was really cool. And, and here is traffic, and here is traffic, and here is traffic. <laughs> you actually remind me of something TJ that they did a, a, a great job of in this film too, which is the comedy. Mm-hmm. Because, and we talked about this a couple nights ago. Yeah, a, a, there are a, a quite often there are a lot of there's a lot of comedy in the middle of action, in the heat of action, the in biggest the action moment. sequences. Yes. Thank you, Asia. (laughs) What can I say? But, and oftentimes, it doesn't work out. Because doing that is very, very, very hard. To keep the momentum of an action scene, having comedy, like a one-liner, which is a lot of times what it was, in that action scene, and and having that one-liner prevalent and funny with with all the, considering what's all going on in that sequence. Yeah. Usually doesn't work. It usually doesn't, and it's very hard to get right because again, because again, all those things that I was saying that you have to keep flowing, keep going, etc. But they nail it every single time. And I, the first few, I was kind of holding my breath on because again, how hard it is to get that to work mm-hmm. well. But the fact that they did it so much and did it so well, oh yeah, that in itself is perfect and mind blowing. Like just that in itself, because. I mean, TJ, there's so many movies where that goes wrong. It's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's something, like, even the first one did well. Where it was, like, the middle of action, like, there was these quips and, like, uh, like, characters had time to shine and, like, be their own, like, little versions of themselves. Like, within these crazy action scenes that made it very enjoyable to watch. Um, But I think this one was, like, one where, like, really, like, everything, like, just worked really well 
or it was just like it, um, they weren't pulling stops. Exactly. Well, and I think I think by like when my when I think of that, like my mind immediately goes to the big Spider-Man chase, mm-hmm. um, and like the way that like like oh this can't get any crazier, and then like something <laughs> something bombastic will happen. And you're like oh yep, this works perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like stuff like like, like little quips like that, like visual gags and stuff like that. I think or something the series like expel like or uh, excels at like amazingly. Mm-hmm. The joke where the one of the Spider-Men is in the the therapist uh, uh, appointment <laughs> that got the entire theater. <laughs> it, was so it was so good too. I mean, it was just it was being aware of obviously what all the Spider-Men have in common and is yeah. easily something that you can easily make fun of, but also again being aware of making a joke like that. Yeah. And it's just perfect timing. Oh, gosh. So, so, so funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Seeing all the different Spider-Men, too, was, was absolutely wild. Oh, my goodness. I, did, I don't know how many they just made up, or are they... Do you... I mean, do you guys know how, how what percentage is... Really I mean, up? I know there's a, a crap load of comics, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I um, just like watching it. I mean, you can see like ones from different shows. Like I know there's a like the one from Spectacular Spider-Man. I think he like has a line, and then there's like the '60s one and stuff like that. And you can see like uh, the Insomniac Spider-Man from like the game. That's what I thought. I saw. I thought I saw some video game ones in there. Yeah, I mean, you can tell like in some of the models, and then like they actually focus on the Insomniac one, um, like when they're walking through, and like. And obviously, of course, we see. We should just say this right now. We see Toby and Andrew. Oh yeah, in, in yeah. different parts. Yeah, incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, like tons of them. I think are just like. I know some of them are made up. Like I, I think I heard some of that. Where okay. It was like we kind of just went, like went wild, but I think a, a decent amount of them are probably just adapted from something. Do you know if the Indian Spider Man is actually a thing, or was that one, or was he made up? I think he's this? a real thing. I don't okay. Actually know. Okay. Um. I feel like all the the main ones might be like adaptions, and then like some of the smaller ones, they're just like, why not? Let's mm-hmm. get creative. Because I mean, you got a big creative team behind you, yeah, with like writers of like the Lego Movie and stuff like that, plus tons of animators that can design their own Spider Man, which sounds awesome. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, like if you're just animating a scene, you need to fill space. Yeah, just create your own Spider Man. That True. sounds so fun. True. See Marvel what happens when you give your people time to do things correctly. Oh my goodness. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I mean Good I can't, grief. I can't remember half the Marvel films that came out in the last few years. I mean I don't care to remember a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah. We, I would we, agree. we talked about this uh after the movie. We're like looking at the MCU and we're like, wow, this trumps like everything in it. <laughs> yeah. Literally um, everything. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, I mean, movies in general. It that, makes that too, yeah. movies, it is. Li- it is still the number one movie on Letterbox, as far as I remember, as far as I know. Yeah. Before we started, I saw um, there was a video of Shamik Moore that Letterbox put up where it was like him talking about like how he's just like so grateful that that is the number one movie of all time on there, and he's like, "How is this? There's no way." Yeah. And it's it, it's really cool to see. I love it. Yeah. And. For good reason. Again, there is nothing you can say wrong about this movie. Uh, we're going to go see it again because, hell yeah. Yeah, of course. And maybe something will change. It, probably 
there's a like a ninety nine percent chance a ninety nine a ninety nine point nine percent chance that won't happen. Hell but no. yeah, it was. Uh, one thing I, I will say that I liked more with this one than the first one. Adding to my comments earlier that I forgot, I forgot a couple things. Sorry, I, maybe I need to get slapped on the head or something here. But <laughs> John over there is waiting. <laughs> but at first. I will be honest, I was slightly worried because it didn't have that streamlined sense that the first one had where everything seemed to be flowing perfectly from scene to scene. Whereas the first few scenes in this one spent a lot of time with one character and felt different. Mm-hmm. Now, granted... That makes sense. They're different universes, different animation styles, whatever. Nonetheless, I was still a little worried because it didn't have that flow, to me at least, that I felt at the beginning and through all the first one. But what this film does that so many great films do is they build foundational pieces that pay off throughout the film or play off throughout the film or at the end of a film. And that's exactly what this one does. Spending time with Gwen, with her father, pays off at the very end, obviously, of this film. And other things of that nature. Because I, I think the first... If I remember, what's the first scene with Miles? Is it with his parents? Or no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. no it's the spot, right? It's the spot mm-hmm. thing. Because mm-hmm. his parents are... Correct. Like, it's like the second scene is his parents. Yeah. But... Which so basically his parents. The two through lines for his character the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. Yes, exactly. And which, by the way, we should get this. We should talk about Spot a little because the voice acting was incredible for that character. Again, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name, but we'll we'll, we'll uh, someone someone archive that in their brain because we we should get to that. Or John's just gonna cheat and use his phone, but that's cool. Look at our guest TJ. He's doing work for us. Maybe we should have more guests on so they can do our work for us. Do you want to edit the podcast? Well, I sit here and eat popcorn chips. <laughs> That's right. That's what you're doing. I'm By the way, myself. maybe we should. Maybe we'll do a, a little quick. TJ, while I gather some more thoughts, give us a quick review on the white cheddar popcorners They're good. chips that were featured in the Breaking Bad ad. They're tight. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're good. Okay. I uh, I like them. This is like the third popcorners one I've had. Like or bag I've had. Like probably ever. <laughs> They're good. I, I like the popcorns. Yeah, yeah. I I never really got into it until like recently. I think I just tried the like the spicy cheddar one. Yeah, it's sitting over there. How do you like that one? I haven't tried that one. That one was really good. I think that one might be my favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. I like that kind of chip. Dang. But yeah, you're a spicy guy. What can I say? <laughs> okay. I've gathered some more thoughts. The so again. The. The worry that I had about it being a little lacking some seamness, I guess, some flow, was resolved by the fact that they all paid off. And that, on retrospect, I, I do realize that they all are have their own unique styles to begin with anyway, each universe. So that, that helps. That helps kind of, I would say, almost mask what is these different, different flows and pieces in the beginning and the other thing i want to mention about the added depth to the plot 
that really hasn't ever been asked in any Spider-Man movie, as far as I'm aware of, which I think is great. Well, in, in this in this flair, in this sort of uh, vein, is what it is to be Spider-Man. You know, what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man, right? Because the whole thing with, with you know, to be Spider-Man, you have to have Gwen or... I think they said it was either Gwen or the chief uh, of your family die, right? The, the mm-hmm. Your father die. Was, yeah. I think that was the options. In order to be Spider-Man. And basically this film questioning, well, is that right? Is that what it means to be Spider-Man? Is that what it requires to be Spider-Man? Yeah, I, I think it's just... I think it was something, someone really close to you, whether yeah, it's um, okay. Gwen or Uncle Ben or something like that. Right. Or the, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, again, it was one of those, it, it's one of those things that, it, it makes you question, right? It makes you think, oh, yeah, that's a good point that I never really thought to care to ask, but it's definitely a relevant point and interesting to think about. Yeah. And so I, I loved it for that. And I'm excited to see where this next one goes. Uh, but I don't obviously want to end the conversation here. If you guys want to add on that, or we can go to Spot. I know we want to talk about Spot. Uh, well, I mean, like, I, I think I like that. I liked the meta ness almost, like, of it. Agreed. Where it was kind of just like, here's what we do with every other Spider Man, or like every other thing. Like, how can we diverge and be like, let's not do the stereotype? Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, I mean, like it, it, it'd be like something if like, almost like if Batman was like, if the, if you could like rewrite the parents dying or something like that, like being so self-aware that like, that like <clears throat> you, you, you have to evolve with the times and rewrite characters and not just be the boring old, same old, same old. Right. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't have said it better, TJ. You're, you're on a roll. Maybe those popcorners did something to you. <laughs> They're giving me life. Or maybe it's the hint. I don't know. Maybe it's the hint. These things are delicious. The, the hints, you know, this is like our third tangent, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh tangent. But I got to say, the hints, I don't usually like flavored water. The hints kind of good, man. They do. They're great. Yeah. I think it, it might just because I'm hydrated. Hydrate or dihydrate, right? Isn't that what they say? Something like that. I don't drink that much water. <laughs> you know, I think... I think Miles would have performed better in the Spider-Verse movie if he drank more water, honestly. We never saw him drink water in this movie. He's parched. Yeah. Must be. Miguel would have been toasted if he was hydrated. Oscar Isaac. Let's get into some... That's that's actually a great thing to talk about here. Let's talk about some of the voice acting. Because Oscar Isaac and the spot actor... Who I will find the name of as soon as I'm done talking. Jason something. Jason Oliver something. Muirhead. Yeah, in him. Is that not him? No. <laughs> anyway, he was. I can't remember what, he, what he's in, no, but I think he's in some stuff. Yeah, he's he's in a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, he's like headlining Asteroid City and some of those other. Uh, I, he at least has like small, decent sized roles in all of them, but. I don't know about you guys. He was my favorite performance in the movie yeah, because probably. what he was able to do with mixing innocence 
and and a, and including like a, a childlike nature with with the hints and later just outright evil villainous nature of Spa and what he's trying to do was was seamless and was so so effective because it it, it makes it quite haunting actually having this 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 uh chi- these childlike actions and childlike uh dialogue from this character and then have it transition to and and mix with very evil and like i said poison villainous intentions mm. and i think that makes him stick out more than if he was a one note just pure evil whatever and and that's with a lot of villains obviously when they're able to mix some other maybe whether it's human a, a, a human element to it whatever but with him adding this you know we were kind of like at the beginning of the movie you're all kind of laughing oh this guy's funny quite harmless whatever and then by the end of it you're genuinely scared of the character and what he might do to miles's father was was well done obviously on the writing standpoint but especially especially again from the the voice acting standpoint because of again what he was able to bring with mixing those two very opposite tones and it was just the progression of the again both of those things was killer yeah i think um what a lot of blockbuster movies have trouble with um, especially in multi-part series is they make their villain you know they introduce them as you know level 100 like yeah. maximum superpower and you know right. it, 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 it's it's not a lot of wiggle room and Kirby before he was nerfed in Smash Bros exactly exactly it's right. just you know an unstoppable force almost you know doesn't make him as menacing because you're like you know for a split Because you're like, okay, Kirby's going to do down B or whatever and take everyone <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I was that Darth Vader's going to down B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just destroy. Yeah, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I think as Alfred Hitchcock had described, you know, the, the scene knowing the bomb was there versus right. you know, the bomb just exploding, I feel like that has a lot to do with those uh, villains just... Coming out, you know, wow, they're super powerful. Okay, well, you know, now I'm bored. But I, like you said, um, you know, the spot character kind of being funny and very inviting. I think um, that's a to, good word to the audience. Um, you know, we 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 kind of wanted to see where Spot was going, and you know, if he was gonna. Bro was just poking his head through holes, man. Yeah, and you know, and, and as a as a innocent scientist, I think I think that that's. Uh, that gave him a lot of depth, you know. He mm-hmm. wasn't this, you know. He wasn't born evil like a lot of these other villains. They just chose to be evil. Um, he threw a bagel on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and you know, really, you know, it ruined his life. Um, not, that bagel, the bagel, <laughs> but um, you know, it really did. Uh, his life was just in shambles, but you know, he still acknowledged that. But he didn't really. You know, show that upfront hate towards Miles Morales. He was just trying to get his own life back, which I think was unique to really this villain. Was he wasn't 
already set up to have this ulterior motive of just killing some yeah. superhero. Which I thought was, you know, it, I feel like that's really a deterrent in a lot of movies because you're like, okay, he's bad. I'm just going to think he's bad the whole time. But, you know, we want to see if he can get better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're, we're just kind of interested in where this funny character is going. And then, you know, like you said, with the voice acting going from, you know, just kind of a simple... Er- Ho-hum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he gets to... Oh, it was it was literally such a just, he literally impression. starts out by robbing an ATM, and then by the end of the movie he tries wants tries to, to rob an ATM. Yes, <laughs> and he's, yes, and by the end of the movie he wants to kill Miles. Miles' dad. Yeah, for yeah. I mean it, it was a beautiful progression, and you know with both in animation or you know all with animation plot and the voice itself getting kind of that you know. Um, almost eerie kind of just in your in your face kind of voice well and you were kind of what was great too adding on to that great insight by the way john thanks that was amazing hopefully i can come back on my show <laughs> i'm chained <laughs> django what? what he said unchained and i said django <laughs> I, I don't know if if you guys got this but it also because of the way they did all that as a viewer, you became unconscious to what was actually going on because of how it was progressing, and obviously you were aware of what was what he was doing in the in the film, but you weren't ever like you were. You always had the oh, okay, it's Spot. It looks like he's more of a threat, but it's Spot, and not noticing. Well, also noticing if this makes any sense. I have this with other films, so maybe I should do a better job describing it. But anyway, noticing but also not noticing how dangerous Spot is getting. And it's a subtle progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Yes. <laughs> Much easier way of saying that to what we see of him at the very end. But, and also, it, it was cool seeing them choose such a doing a James Gunn route and choosing such a just kind of uh, dorky dorky villain that is kind of dumb and stupid but using him to perfection and giving him some light because we've already seen Green Goblins and and you know Doc Ox and everything in between all the Sinister Six basically at one point we've kind of gotten that so I think that's also effective in making a great villain in this film is having someone that you're very unaware of. And, again, also having a dumb villain adds to the innocence and that effectiveness leading to how driven and deadly and villainous he becomes by the end. What you guys think of what you guys think of Oscar Isaac, by the way? Speaking that's of voice yellow stuff. Hitter. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of us had any doubt that he would be bad, so... Oh yeah, he's he's confe- he's he's perfected his uh his Marvel gauntlet now. Oh, I know. He's yeah. been in everything now. Yeah. Between yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I think he had a good little. He I liked that he was like the, I liked that the movie almost like broke itself into like halves with like the the villains, right? With like Spot being the first half, and then Miguel being in the second one. Uh, and I think he like t- kind of took over as that like central antagonistic force really well. Like, just, like, I mean, another thing, like, through his voice acting, he sounds very menacing and, like, just, like, it's, it's, it's great. Can't go wrong. Yeah. 
I think for those that are wondering what, how important voice acting is, obviously, to these movies, those two characters, and specifically Spot, too, really, really, really shows you why and how, how effective it can be for, for a movie, for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I would say this is, I don't know how you guys feel about the other two. Now, I haven't seen the X-Men movie that he's in, but... And there's much more screen time with Moon Knight, but I like I like his performance. Again, it's again hard to also do animation to live action. With all that being said, I think I like I like this his performance here more and this role more for him than Moon Knight. Thoughts, comments? I know it's a stretch, or it, it comparing the two, but yeah, to begin with, I, but. I, I get where you're going. Um, I think it also again writing also helps. Good lord, I'm just drowning myself and yeah. I I, I think things. like Moon. I mean Moon Knight is very impressive, especially on his part because he plays yeah. he plays so many different versions of oh, one that's character. True. I didn't. Yeah. Let's just leave it at they're both good. How about that? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, I've seen X Men Apocalypse. He's actually one of the better parts of that movie. Is he is he good in that role? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, Apocalypse honestly doesn't have that much character. Okay. In all honesty, but he plays this menacing force so well. Um, so, like, whenever he's on screen, he's probably one of the more interesting people on screen. Partially because that movie is not that good. That's besides the point. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I think in terms of his live action stuff, Moon Knight is still by far leagues and bounds better than Apocalypse. Not just because it's a better thing, but like because Oscar Isaac is better. Yeah. Than. But yeah, I mean, like, I'd say Spider-Man 2099 is definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Again, another compelling backstory, too. We're going back to more great writing on that character's part. One thing that I want to hit on, one more thing I want to hit on, and then you guys, if you guys, again, John, if you, don't worry, I won't hit you. If you want to say something you want to talk about, or, you know. He's winking at me. <laughs> <laughs> or if... Anyone else wants to say anything? Whatever. If maybe who knows, Wayne will do a cartwheel in here and want, wants to say something. But I think it's important to talk about Miles and Miles and Gwen, their relationship, because obviously that's uh, that's a central point in the film. And I gotta say, I in the first movie they obviously had chemistry. The two characters did, and the voice. I can't... I mean, it's a little bit different and weird to talk about when we're talking about chemistry between the actors because they are literally just voice... They're doing voice recordings, and I don't even know... They might not even be... There's a good chance they're not even in the same room, you know? Because most often, from, from my understanding, and TJ maybe or John, you know something different, but I know it's 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 quite rare to have a whole cast together voice acting at the same time. I know it, it, cause when it, when it does happen, they always seem to mention it in movies that it does happen. I know, to, I think it was toy story three or four where they had a lot of the cast together for that. So things like that. So I should say it's weird to say chemistry between the two actors. Cause again, they weren't literally probably in the same room, but dude, the chemistry that Gwen and miles have, is astounding, especially in that first scene. Hit me so hard. 
And I know they had good chemistry in the first one, but in that first scene, holy crap, it was even better. It was even better with their dialogue and their body and their body language and the things they were talking about. I would I would rival it with Zendaya and Tom's, who I think and well yeah well Zendaya and Tom's and Garfield and Emma Stone's. Now I know that might be a hot hot take because everyone everyone loves that relationship, but. I think it is I think it's totally a valid point or a valid take. And yeah, I just wanted to shout that out because that was really good. Agree? I I would hope you guys would agree. Very much so. I think um you know, all of the Spider-Man kind of um I don't know, get to know their um their second half, if you will, um, just kind of you know as the movie's progressing, and so it's kind of that puppy love, yeah, it, it, for lack of a better term. But I think um, Miles being such a young character, I feel like that puppy love fits him and Gwen so well mm-hmm. because I mean I don't know just it, it's it's the the love is very very youthful and and awkward but yeah you know it just it's um i think something the whole audience can relate to right um and i think um you know especially you know with that scene with um uh at the, uh at the party with Miles Gwen and uh Miles's parents mm-hmm. um i thought you know that kind of awkward um you know uh parents still trying to you know, control their yeah their kid because I think that's another thing that not to go on a tangent too much, but I think Miles plays the best um, Spider-Man from a from a um, teenager perspective or what from a teenager perspective. And what all the movies have tried to do is you know make this teenage Spider-Man um, you know, but Miles is really the only one who's still relying on his parents and. And his parents still have a say in his life, and so I think that's a whole nother level yeah, of depth. That's a good shout out and should be talked about yeah. because his parents have quite a bit of screen time in this in this film. Mm-hmm. They do, and and again, John, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, please. And that bodes well for the emotional stakes in the film, obviously, and makes it a whole way uh, much more real. And I think that's kind of again what you were talking about, How, that uh, showing that relationship. And because in past live action movies we don't necessarily get that a whole lot. We sort of see it with Aunt May and and Tom and Tom, and uh, and that Peter, but not to this extent where they at points become the main characters of of scenes of individual scenes and mm-hmm. having their own scenes by themselves, and again adding to the stakes, adding to just the the diversity of the plot itself. And and it's in a testament to the writing to to have because we have emotional stakes now with those characters. So for the writing to be able to do that for us is fantastic. So I think that's a great shout out, John. It really is. Yeah. But what, what, what were you we saying before? Oh, the you're talking about Gwen. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> kind of the the Gwen and Miles relationship being the most uh, adapted to that puppy love. Um, yeah. You know, I think they're not, I think they're also unique in the sense that they're not rushing it. You know, 
in the first movie, you know, there was obviously something going on there, but, you know, they weren't going to rush that. And even in, in this film, um, they were saying, you know, how... I mean, they weren't saying, which was the brilliant part. They were, you know, showing how much they were really thinking about each other, um, you know, with Gwen with the Polaroid in her in her drum case, and mm-hmm. and obviously Miles with the the drawing. But <laughs> that um, scene where she she finds a notebook of yeah. all the drawings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, she doesn't reject him for it. I mean, she's like True. she she understands because she feels the same. So I True. think. It's a really um, unique relationship in the uh, cinematic sense because, yeah. I mean, everyone and their mother try to rush that and be like, wow, you know, just what sells. But mm-hmm. I think I think they're being really smart with, with waiting on this one. Yeah, I think so too. And another thing that I want to add, this... The theme of this podcast is me coming back to things because I'm an idiot and just totally forget what I was going to say sometimes, but you know, and I've been doing this for, what have we been, this is our second year, isn't it, TJ? I don't know, clue. I think it's been like two years, which is crazy. Super cool. But what adds to, I think this is what I was getting at, but never completed, that realism and talking about Miles being a teenager and that sort of thing is the very common, you know, example of parents not being able to let go of their children, you know, when they're teenagers and they have a car and they're driving around and whatever and want to be on their own, but they don't want them to be on their own because they're, they're a little baby. And that's exactly what we see with Miles' parents in, well, actually in both movies, right? But we see it even more in this one. They, they talk about it more in this one, but... You know, with the first one, they 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 want him to go to board. They want him to go, you know, to boarding school or whatever. They want him to go live at the at the not boarding school, but they want them to. He want he wants them to. He they want him to live at the nice, you know, high school. But also, he's still living right next to them, so they don't want to let him go. And then they talk here about going to college, and the mom's like, New Jersey was too far, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like New Jersey's right next to us, mm-hmm. and. It was just another one of those pieces that I didn't think that we needed necessarily for a Spider-Man movie, but we definitely got. And was, again, John, you you mentioned very relatable. So, there. That's what I wanted to say originally, but... <laughs> yeah. 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 R- really, really great stuff. Again, I'm using a lot of the same words because... It is just all great, and there's nothing terrible about this this film. Nothing bad. Nothing. Not a shade of bad. It's no. Cool. No. I mean, that was a, that was another thing. I I never was left um, wondering what was going to happen next mm-hmm. because I was taking in everything as it went because there was always something. Mm-hmm. And you know, TJ saying that that movie was two and a half hours. We all were blown away because it felt so short. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, there were so many uh, plots stacked on top of each other, you know? Right. Which gave it so much depth, which, you know, it was it was never confusing. It just, it, there was just so much we the audience was dealing with that we never, never had to wonder what was coming up next or, or had to crave something more. 
And pacing really helped with that. Oh, one pacing was fantastic. Yes, I mean the way they were timing out when to change scenes and holding on to individual scenes for a long time. We talked about the Gwen piece, obviously. For the what do they call it? Where all the Spider Men are? What do they call that? Is it like what? There's a name for it, isn't it? Uh, I just I, I always hear it as Spider Society. Yeah. So having a, la- a large section of that, large section of miles, section of spot, not just a bunch of cuts to a billion different scenes, really, again, made that pacing what it was, which was perfect. So great point. Great, great. Um, you reminded me of something there, which is good. <laughs> is there anything else that you guys... Oh, <laughs> actually, yes. My mind's going all over the place. Is there anything else you guys like would like to mention about this movie that really struck you guys? I think we covered a solid chunk of this movie as best we could. But is there anything else that you would like to discuss before we wrap things up? I have a question, a couple questions to ask you guys, but really one, but maybe two. I think really... Um, I think another reason this movie will stand the test of time is because of the quality and um and level of use of the soundtrack Mm. um you know good point the soundtrack was not only really fitting each song really fitting in its own space and made it even you know even more relatable and in a unique experience i think um just listening to the music, I mean, DJ and I, and, and, and John, you said you listened to the album three <laughs> times through. Yep. And we went to go see the movie two days ago. But, yep, yep. Um, you know, it. Um, it's another element of um, kind of that viewer satisfaction. Pop culture yes, stuff. Yes, exactly, exactly, because I think, you know, the whole movie kind of revolving around this idea of... Um, uh, the use of any media. Metro. Um, yeah, Metro. Metro. Hell yeah. I was, I was, I was like, if someone that's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I, I was like waiting for someone to finish their point so I could yell it. And then you just, did. yeah, I, I you know, like, I did it in a semi rude manner, but we're, we're, <laughs> you I, know. Was like, yeah, whatever. I was fueling your dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Metro Bowman. <laughs> But no, it, it it just really added that, uh, you know, it, it it pulled us in further into the action, um, and you know, I I can't stop thinking about the movie because whenever I listen to the the music, it just, you know, it it pulls me back in. There's a really good sense memory too, to mm-hmm. the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, Same yeah. with the first one too. I mean, when you hear "What's Up, Danger," you kind of get all. Excited because you think of the scene where Miles oh, you know, yeah. does the flip off the building and beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I again some of the stuff we've been talking about we literally talked about two nights ago. So it's it's always sort of difficult to rehash sometimes what you mm. were saying before and say it just right. But I I like this soundtrack more than than the original because oh, it is it's way more chill. 
and then whereas where and again by one producer by one artist mainly yeah. Metro Metro Boomin. Whereas the first one was way more amped, and also didn't have like a a a. a a central tone or theme to it where this one really does. And I, I wonder, okay, well, I don't know for sure, but maybe that was why they decided to do this is because that is a piece to it is maybe they wanted like a central theme tone, whatever to, to the music, to the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, I I think that's something that like when, when that one did come out, people, I think a lot, like a lot of people drew it to uh, the black Panther one because black Panther is overseen by Kendrick Lamar. I mean, one of the best artists of the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and it has like this consistency to it where it's and like tone and quality and all that, where this one was just like, it's a, it's a bunch of great songs, but there's no consistency. Mm. There's no flavor. It's just, it's song after song, which although good, it has no pacing, uh, where this one, I think they kind of took that route and they're like, we, we want to have this still fun vibe and this like uniqueness to like the music, but also. We need to have someone oversee this, or else it'll be a little bit of a mess again. Mm. Even though it's yeah. not that much of a mess. I, yeah. I mean, I love the first album. What is your guys's favorite Marvel album, Marvel movie album, or a, a Spider-Man album, whatever, superhero album, whatever, or song? Let's do song. Maybe that's easier for you guys. Song or album, whatever is easier. I think for album, it's probably still Black Panther. Okay. I think Black Panther is the, like consistently the best. Um, what song? For me, it might be. I think it's is it. It's called All the Stars, right? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's probably The Ways off of Black Panther. Okay. Which is the one by Cleed. Okay. I think that's the only one I've like legitimately like, stayed listening to since 2018. Okay. Um. I think, yeah, but the one uh, that, then, like in terms of like this latest one, the one I've had on the most is probably "Self Love." Sorry, say it one more time. I just I oh, the, the song I've been listening to the most is "Self Love." Okay, the the one that it starts. It, it's the first song that plays in the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's very I, catchy. I can't remember, I, and I'm gonna figure this out when we do our re when we do our rewatch next week. What song is playing when Gwen and Miles are first hanging out? It didn't. I didn't. I didn't. When I went through the albums, I didn't connect with. Which, which which version of the album are you looking at? I'm looking at the one on the official Spider Verse playlist on Spotify. Okay. Um. Because I know there's there's the album, um, they released, which is like the normal album, and then the deluxe has some of the other songs they used, like um. Oh. Uh. There's just they had like four or five more songs, and I think they had the. The other original song by Dominic Fike that was for some reason wasn't in the original one. The Mona Lisa, Mona yeah, Lisa. Mona Lisa one. Like that's that's an original song for the movie, but wasn't in the album, the original album for some reason. Hmm. I don't get why. Um, but there's like some other songs that they use, so it might be in there. Okay, it's the one with the green, not the purple. Okay, I will yeah. do that because that was that was my favorite song in the movie. My favorite song in this album is either. Am I Dreaming or Hummingbird? Mm. Those are both good ones. Yeah. I like Annihilate, too. Yeah. Annihilate just nice. goes hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good hype song. Yeah. John, what about you? 
Am I Dreaming, I think, has been on repeat in my Dude, head. that's such a... That song is... Oh, my God. I think it's just, you know, it's just oozing nostalgia just from the start. I mean, just like... The, the violin the is so good. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, TJ and I were talking about how it was total Zelda. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it just sounds like Zelda, and I love it. Yeah. And it's so... I mean, I think it just fits its timing so well. It's just a perfect just... Oh, that over the credits. Bangers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, I, at that point, I wasn't really staying for that, you know, end credit scene. I just wanted to listen to the song. Oh, absolutely. It was just, it was beautiful. Yeah. To me, the credits for this movie and Black Panther stood out for Marvel credits. Oh, in terms With, of, like, the, the, the animation? Or well, and the, and the, the animation, yeah. So, yeah. But because but, you have all the stars with Black Panther and you have Am I Dreaming with this one. Yeah. But yeah, of course the animation's great. Did did Black Panther 2 get its own album? I don't think it did, did it? I know it got Oh, no, it did. It did. It did. Oh, I, I think it did. Right? Because, like, Rihanna's to... on it and stuff, right? Yeah, I know she did the single for it. That oh, they used over wow. the, uh, the finale, but, like, let's see. Again, this is another example, John, of what you were bringing up earlier about just forgetting Marvel movies after mm-hmm. these last several Marvel movies, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It did. It did get his own album. Uh, yeah, so out of the ones that, that makes five now. So because the two Spider Verse, Black Panther, Shang Chi, and then uh, Black Panther Two, which I haven't listened to Black Panther Two or Shang Chi. Shang, uh, I haven't listened to Black Panther Two. Shang Chi is quite nice. Just quick recommendation. I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's not obviously this level, this latest Spider Verse album level. That's hard to achieve, mm. but it is nice. And there's actually a song by uh, Simu Liu in in it. Yeah. The actor who plays Shang Chi, so okay, yeah, it has good uh, artists on it. Uh, I mean, you got Sway Lee and uh, isn't Sway, doesn't Sway Lee do one of the songs for Spider Verse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's on Annihilate. Right. He's the guy who sings in it, and then it goes Little Wayne, and then I think Future does the other verse. Okay, that's the thing I should say too. It's kind of funny. I'm not a big rap guy, so I always need my brother to translate and help me figure out who all these artists are on these albums. Yeah, but so, some people are like, I feel like you can tell like once you hear a few songs. Like, I, I mean, I feel like most people now know like Twenty One Savage, and like when he started rapping, I was like, "Yep, it's Twenty One." <laughs> Isn't Twenty One Savage? The, didn't there, there's that lyric that you and William memed with? I think that was Twenty One Savage, right? Yeah, back in uh, December, there was that. Um, yeah, it was oh, 21. Tw- yeah, 21. Yeah, 21. Yeah. That's off of the... Uh, him and Drake did an album together. Okay. It was yeah. actually apparently pretty decent. I never listened to it all the way through. Okay. But. That's what I'm trying to do more, is I'm trying to listen to albums from beginning to end. And I started doing that last year, but kind of tailed off. I need it's, to get back to doing it's that. It's fun. I yeah. like it. Yeah, Spotify, it makes it too easy to not do that, you know? Because yeah. you mm-hmm. just get these one song, and you're like, wow, this is a great song. What's more songs like it? It you get the hit. This is really yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, one more question. Favorite TJ already. We already know TJ's answer to this. Favorite Spider-Man in this movie, Spider Verse movie. It could. It, it doesn't have to be necessarily because of the character itself. It could be just design or whatever. You know my answer. Yeah, isn't it the Indian Spider-Man? Oh, oh it isn't. No, oh, okay. it's Spider-Punk, baby. Oh, okay. Oh. He's my favorite character. Yeah. Oh. I do love Spider-Man in India is probably my number two, though. Um, we in terms talk of talk sp- about Spider-Punk, so go ahead, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I, I, I just love the way he's animated and like mm. I love the color changes and like his just aesthetic of like the paper like revolution style paper look. Yeah. That like is like a fits very, his character. Yes, it, it it it's like very almost like a Sex Pistols album cover look mm. with like the ripped paper and stuff like that. I just loved it. Yeah. Um and just like the vibe he exudes and it's just it Daniel Kuya bangers. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in this movie. Really? No. I I, I think he was one of the first people that like was confirmed for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I, maybe I forgot, but yeah, because everyone was like, it was like Oscar Isaac, it's the lady who was a uh, Spider Woman, and then I feel like it was Daniel Kuya, like mm. the the ones that everyone was like, oh, we know they're going to be in this movie. Yeah, and it's just I think John, you brought up this point earlier, but it's that idea of bringing in a different flavor and a different tone to a, a cast of all these Spider-Man and working so well and so funny. Yeah, yeah so and good. all these different, um, you know, medias, I think, as TJ was saying, that that um, Spider-Punk was just so, just ever-changing, but he still fits so well mm-hmm. into it. And that's just magical to me. Yeah. Um, By far, has the obviously, has the best portal, obviously. Hell oh, yeah! Yeah, I think this is the only one that was unique, right? The rest of them were the same. The well, same. yeah, because they, uh, they're all the same. They're all made by twenty ninety nine, and then right. this is like the the jailbroke version of it. That's right. Yeah. And it's got like the spikes on it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I would say the one thing I was surprised by. I, I should say my favorite Spider Man is probably Miles. Extremely cliche. Oh yeah, but. But, um, in terms of not favorite, like not main oh, characters, right, right, right. Yeah, that's probably a good point. They're not like reoccurring, yeah, like new ones. Probably Spider Man India, yeah, good yeah. shit. Yeah, he's he was. I like the design of his suit, and uh, yeah, I think that was, I liked him. But and you and you answered right, John, or did you not? I did not. Oh, you did not. Oh, yeah. oh, oh I'm, so, I'm, no, no, no. Sorry, you, you don't get to answer. Anyway, guys, um, you're done. <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't really have a, a, a firm answer for you. Um, you know, I thought Spider Punk was. Awesome. Oh, I see. Appeasing everyone, John. That's cool. That's real cool. <laughs> oh, Making yeah. us look like idiots. Nice, nice. Well, there's just so many to choose from. I think. Um, I think another thing: the fact that they. Uh, I'm kind of a tangent, but the fact that they uh, integrated live action into the film so well. Hell like, yeah. We, oh, we, right. You know, yeah. Donald Glover just <laughs> yeah, kind of showing up. Yeah, shout him, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Between that and uh, Mrs. Chen from Vi- uh, from Venom. I know, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. What? So funny. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. And that's what makes me think, and this is a theory I want to kind of release publicly to the three people that listen to us. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm not so strong on this opinion as I was a couple of days ago because I think of some of the things that John you said to me when we were talking about after the movie. But considering all the live action stuff they're showing us, my, I have a theory that Miles is going to go into live action off of this next movie. It is literally called Beyond the Spider Verse. First of all, yeah, and they've already shown us live action stuff. But, and I don't know who said it, maybe it was you, TJ, but the fact that he is animated in this and he isn't live action, 
would like make that kind of hard because like Toby yeah. and Andrew are live action and those are versions of Spider Man. Yeah, and 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 Miles is a version of Spider Man as an animated character. Yeah. So that maybe would be confusing and how you would flip that and all of a yeah. sudden he's like a live action. I really hope human. they don't do that. You hope they don't do that. I I I, I would hate for them to cap the trilogy off on such a mm. high note and then be like he's live action now. Uh, I think it would be cool to see a version of Miles Morales in like some of the Kang stuff where like but I don't want it to be this Miles. Okay. I I I just want them to kind of like put their own little bow on it and send it off and be like this is its own brilliance. Don't touch it. Adding on to that. I agree. Adding on to that. I hope they just leave this as a trilogy and leave this alone. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No don't make no I'm saying don't make another Miles Morales animated movie. I'm well, saying just that, make yeah. 3 of them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Cap it off as a trilogy. Would it be its own thing? It would be like almost like kind of like the the what the, what the Batman's going to be. Where it's, it'll be its own untouched right. thing. Nobody nobody's going to mess with it. And if you're going to bring him into live action, make him someone different. And not try and do the same vibes. Yeah. Do something completely new. Mm-hmm. The especially and I, and I think it needs to be stated tenfold because of everything with Star Wars, with, with what Star Wars is milking and what Marvel is milking. Oh boy, it's getting ridiculous at this point. It's too much. It would have been really cool to see them end on Endgame. I think it would have been a better move. Oh, I no, I agree, but obviously money says something different. Well, yeah, exactly. But for them, I mean, it's they they don't consider it the better move, right? Because well, money, true. I mean, in terms of storytelling and yes. what it means in terms of pop culture, I mean, it has been cool. Some of the movies have been cool since, but like, yeah, I thought I I I will say I I gave, I loved No Way Home. I thought it was a great movie, but mm. yeah, I I think it's all right. <laughs> yes, you think it's all right. I. I think we don't need I to get it, into this I think now, the Spider Verse movies trump it in almost every way. <laughs> oh no, I I don't disagree with that. True, but and again, we can get into this maybe another another day. But what I would like to mention is the acting in those movies keeps those movies yeah. not just a spectacle and actually longevity wise keeps those movies going exactly. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a, maybe a debate or a uh, conversation for another day, but. Yeah, we want to end on a on a good note here. So, was I gonna? Oh, top three Spider Man movies. Good. Top three Spider. Oh, we're doing okay. Okay. Well, speaking of No Way Home, No Way Home for me is third, and then then I have this first Spider Verse movie, and then this movie, Across the Spider Verse, as number one. Okay. I think personally. Um... Oh, we're doing we're doing this by favorites, right? Obviously mm-hmm. not best. What do you think is best? Yeah, okay. Yeah, just in general. If you want to go best, best, go for it. Okay, that was that was. I, I would say that's. If I had to do favorites, I would honestly, yeah. If I had to do favorites, I would put Homecoming at third instead of No Way Home. But okay. so yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, favorite for number three spot, uh, The Amazing Spider Man. Hit um, like that take. Andrew Garfield like that. is my hero. Like that pick. Um, and then number two and number one, same as you, Johnny. Yeah. Spider-Verse is just... 
just see what T uh, is TJ going to do something spicy and different for the top two. Let's see. I'm interested. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. One and two are still Spider Verse movies, and what, 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 in what order? Across is number one. Okay. okay. And then Into is number two. Okay. And then uh, favorite, third and favorite is probably still Homecoming. Yeah. I what they did. You and I, TJ, I think have talked about this on the podcast with Homecoming. What they were able to do of basically making a Marvel John Hughes movie. It's awesome. Is pretty cool. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, in many regards, I, I just I think it's so it's just a fun movie, and it has a, such a it has a vibe that most live action Spider Man movies don't, other than like Far From Home, which is like I mean it's sequel. Um, that it's it's just like it's so rewatchable and enjoyable. I just yeah. I, I don't see it from pretty much any other Spider Man movie, and they keep the 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 small town friendly neighborhood spider-man vibe with that movie especially because it is it does feel feel very much like it is anchored in in queens new york yeah exactly as as spider-man should be and is exemplified in the old movies where it's he's he's spider-man in new york doing spider-man things yeah cool i like all of our rankings mine's the best clearly but uh we hope you enjoyed, everyone, our conversation on Across the Spider-Verse. TJ, we were going to talk about The Idol, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. Oh, God. Because TJ, for those that are, are wondering, TJ is our resident Sam, what's his name? Sam Livingston. Uh, expert here. Oh, that pompous douchebag. I hate him. And so, <laughs> TJ, for, for my sake, because... I'm not I don't feel like watching it for our, for everyone's sake is watching the idol. He's sacrificing himself and watching the idol. And he's going to tell us about it on the next episode. But <laughs> TJ shaking his head. Thanks TJ for t- taking one for the team. I was going to watch it anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. minor spoilers in my opinion. Like I said, I think Sam Livingston is a pompous douchebag and I think he thinks he's so great. And it really annoys me. Mm. And I think he infuses this into the show, but it masks it kind of as being a pop star. And it drives me crazy. Mm. <laughs> but he has a great visual eye, and he can direct scenes pretty decently good. So we'll give him that. Okay. Yeah. That's a. I'm glad you said that, TJ. That's a great teaser, everyone, for the next episode. So you can catch TJ's thoughts on the idol and whatever else we'll be talking about for that episode. Who knows? Yeah, Hopefully... Maybe- we're in a different location, right? We're trying to... So for those that are wondering, we're trying to do podcasts in random locations. Unfortunately, here, we're just in my living room, which... All right, whatever. Yeah. But we have some great ideas planned. TJ came up with a great one earlier today. That I won't say. but And we're trying to do them themed-ish, but we'll see what happens. Did you want to say something, TJ? I'm sorry. Oh, um... I was going to say, maybe by the time that we record, maybe the second episode will be out. Yeah. So you have they more come out Sundays, so yeah, you have some more foundation evidence. I'll have more week of the weekend's acting to critique. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, on that note, John, thank you so much for being here and talking to us. Thanks for having me for, oh, about this perfect movie. And of course, TJ. Of course, I, I held you against your will to be here, but. Yeah, no one knows that point. till now. I just just revealed that. But what? What's that sound out there? Oh, it, someone's like 
doing like hedging or something. Yeah, I think my dad's out there doing that somewhere. Ah, yeah, he's yes. right there. Hey, buddy. <laughs> okay. I can't see him. I'm across the All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. Peace. Ta-ta. Peace.